Six Pack Lapidat. Today we have co-host uh, Paul Maranzan. My dear friend, did you were you having cocktails last night, or, or are you relatively sober? Uh, I was relatively sober last night, but only because I had him on Friday. Oh shoot! And you were actually so we the King of Lifts um, crew went out for a sushi. Yes. And you were actually telling me about at um, the Canadian National Championships. Oh my God! Mid fucking thirties, you were doing edibles with. Uh, are we allowed to say names? Um. Well, some we'll just say some people you would very, recognize. Very recognizable, <laughs> yeah. People you would recognize. very recognizable figures within Canadian powerlifting, and even some who you would think are recognizable within international. Well, no, it's one hundred percent. That would be. Fucking everyone will know who they are. Yeah. But, all right, let's not be, let's not do the old Donnie Brasco and start ratting people out yeah. right now. But edibles, I haven't done, I, I did an edible when I was in high school. And um, it's a fucking, I was a mess. It absolutely, it was, it was destroyed me. I can't believe you got hammered and did edibles, my friend. I mean, I think I did them because I was hammered, but I can't. <laughs> your, your, your decision making was off. I can definitely say the next day was not Fun. Were you apologizing to people, sending text messages? I don't think I had to, but... <laughs> you probably... You, no, no. You probably had to, you don't remember. I probably offended a lot of people. It's <laughs> To everyone that attended the CPU after party, I'm just going to say it right now. Uh, this is my public disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm, I want to go on record and say I, I am sorry. I am sorry. Um, to the good people of Ottawa, I'm sorry. I hate waking up. And being like, I don't fucking remember how I got to bed. I don't remember huge stretches. That was an absolute just shit show of a party. Because it was time change as well that night. Like, I remember I left at like 3 a.m. And it was still going on strong. <laughs> I think the people I was staying in with our Airbnb got back <laughs> at like 5 a.m. You're like, listen, it time changed an hour, people. Not six hours. What time it, are you? It, it's, it's daylight. These yeah. guys are like, yeah, daylight savings. Let's keep it moving. I remember um, speaking in Ottawa, overindulging. I remember we all went to a competition in Ottawa and Kathleen, my oh wife. Oh my God. So she made weight. This is when she was a 57 kilo. And uh, for anyone listening, she made weight. And I was like, look, we'll go out. We'll have dinner. We'll have drinks. All me. I'll buy. Don't worry. Get whatever. Now she hustled to get the 57 kilo. Yeah. Washing macros, cardio. Water cut. Water cut. Made 57. And then when we, <laughs> when we went out. Her fucking bill. So she was just... I wasn't... I was just drinking. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, my God. She was ordering so much food. At one point, the waitress came up to her... Because she's 125 pounds. Yeah. 57 kilos. She walked up and the waitress goes, Who are you? And she goes, What she, do you mean? She goes, I'm, are, are, you, are you like one of those celebrity YouTube channels that like Pat can eat like 10,000? Like, what's your deal? Because I just watched you order three desserts and put, mash them together in some concoction to make one. It was like some peanut butter ice cream dessert and an apple pie and became one glorious... My friend, like, that was dessert. Her dessert was oh a yeah, thousand she had calories. appetizer, she had... Her... <laughs> she had, with a bracket, bracket S in yeah. there. Um... So anyways, at the end of the night, so she's like, she's like, oh man, I'm not, my stomach ain't feeling good. I'm going to get a cab back to the hotel. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll see you. I'm going to keep drinking here with the fellas. So I just made sure she got in her cab. Okay, good. End of the night came and we're divvying up her bills and I see my like, holy I, shit. Again, another night that I was fairly intoxicated. I had to pull the waitress aside and be like, is this my bill and my, my girlfriend's bill, she's my girlfriend at the time. Or like, how the fuck did I get so many entrees in here and so many, so many desserts and so many look at 
I was drinking all night and her bill eclipsed mine. I remember the sobered look on your face. You sobered up quick. <laughs> it, was quick. it looked like you were a Vietnam veteran <laughs> and you actually like were suffering from PTSD I, at that exact I moment. I believe the you bill were, thing. You were shell-shocked. I came back. I remember coming back and said, yeah, I don't feel so good. Well, I guess so. I guess fucking so. Because you ate about $500 worth of food and the, the waitress is like, so what's your girlfriend's deal here? Because she's like, she's a professional food eater. Is she training for a competition? That she, nah, she just cut weight for powerlifting. It was insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, God bless her. Kathleen, like out of anybody that I know that can do a post, just a post meat binge, yeah. she is by far and above anyone else. I've watched her. Order, like, we went out just gluttonous eating, order food, a pie. She's on the ground holding her stomach saying, I know I shouldn't. I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to finish this pie. And she put, no fucking cutlery, sink her chubby little fingers into the (laughs) pie and start (laughs) cupping it and pulling it, shoveling it to her face. And she's on the ground, laying on her side, holding her stomach. I would like to... (laughs) (laughs) My friend, my friend... I, I, I'm going to exaggerate a little. Tears, remember we were talking about on her birthday? She'll eat, barf it up, and then eat some more. And be like, saying to herself, happy birthday, <laughs> happy birthday, and keep eating. It's insane. What she was, This isn't fun. This isn't fun anymore. This isn't fun. Oh, I can't wait to do that after, after the competition. It makes me so jealous, though, because I'm the exact opposite. Like, I will cut weight like a mother. And I will just be wanting food nonstop, and I will get to that post meat re. I will eat like one appetizer, be full, and then just end up having yeah. beer or something instead. Unless you're... I can't have like food and drink, I can either have one or the other. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I enjoy the post meat if you cut, and just being like, I am entitled to eat whatever the f I want, and I will go hog wild pizza. Sushi, all you can eat. Like, I'm going nuts. Oh, I'm going I, in. And there's nothing better. The way I do it now, though, is I find I do it for a week. I will make yeah, a I, list. I, I, I will make a list of everything that I have had out in that, like, eight-week period that I've been cutting. Yeah. And I will go out every single day and get one knockoff another item. Yeah. And that includes men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you said yes way too quick. Yeah. Way too That includes men. You just yes. fucking become a glutton. You're at a frat party, just fucking a wiener in each hand, just catching up on on things. Um, and now anyways, I, just my, I just had my PTSD moment of Phil. You oh, get you get your Phil. Put it there. Now I now, now I remember something from CPU nuts. You get yeah, that's right, that's right. So to come back I, to. I have, and some, I have some poor guy to apologize to in the bathroom. Apparently, when you're handling, uh, you're not so much on eating food, but on the edibles and getting drunk. And you know, one thing I haven't done. So I've had cocktails at the World Championships banquet, etc., but never got too crazy silly. I didn't yeah. even compete. <laughs> <laughs> I was off injured. <laughs> you was there for a good time. I had just been cutting out alcohol the entire eight weeks oh. leading into that point when I decided <laughs> like did. a week before that you, I finally gave you, up my hopes of competing. You cut alcohol to handle. And I, then and then went all in there. I night. am dedicated. That's right. That's dedication. Um, no, the exact second that I decided it wasn't competing, I went out that night, I ordered a large pizza, I opened up a bottle of wine or something like that, yeah. and I, yeah, no, I, I was back on the alcohol train by the way. Went all in. 
Um, well, I we were be remiss to not mention it's Game of Thrones night. By the time people yeah. hear this, though, they'll have seen Game of Thrones. So I'm not going to go ahead and do too much. Like everyone already seen the, first which is episode. good because now we can spoil everything. Yeah, right. Well, we can't spoil we nothing can't, right now. Because we haven't yeah. seen it. But um, fuck, man, I'm so goddamn man. I forgot Game of Thrones, and it's like a little mini movie. We're going to watch it together when we do the Steffi Cohen uh, interview. Yeah, Steffi and Hayden. Uh, we'll be able to talk a little bit about what we saw. If anybody who's in the game, yeah. we don't have to go on like I a half hour. Yeah, but I mean, still, man, we got to talk a little. Definitely. And if I'm going to throw any predictions, let's just throw it out there right now. Who do you think ends up on the throne? Podrick. You're an asshole. Everybody else dead. You're still on those edibles. <laughs> There's no way Fat Boy Podrick is going to make it. I think, honestly. I'm just going to throw this out there now because it hasn't even started. Fine. I'll throw out my actual one first. I'm saying Sansa Stark on the throne at the end. Okay. Easy there, cuck boy. <laughs> um, yeah, cuckold. Um, Jon Snow. Oh. Switching it up a little. He has changed his tune from yesterday. Yeah. Jon Snow. Do I think Jon Snow? No. What about Jantry? The bastard son. You know what? That's actually a, that's a solid pick too. I think Jantry. The the last. You don't see him coming. The last Baratheon. Yeah, Jantry's gonna end up. But we don't place him this season because without any spoilers, he's been shown in the trailer. And um, the the crazy witch lady looked in his eyes and said something. You come from a royal bloodline, yeah. whatever the shit. Like, why even put any of that just for the shit of it? Why is his character thus far? Why is his character even there? He's done not much. The only thing he's done is get. Ned killed, which, if that's a spoiler to anybody that hasn't watched yet, apparently, yeah. too bad. So, yeah, there's a reason. There's a reason. He's there. He's necessary. And yep. you're going to find out. I think Gentry. I think, you know what? I, I'm not walking back. I think from last night. I think Jon Snow dies heroically. Actually, I'm taking my pick back. I'm going with Sir Davos. Okay, you're still an asshole. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? It's going to be, just in my mind, it's going to be some inconsequential, like, secondary character. You seriously think so? Who's just going to end. I honestly, with the way the show has been to this point, I won't be surprised if it is somebody that's, like, completely. People step up. Yeah. People step up real quick. Look at like, Ned it could Stark. Even, it could even be, like, fucking, like, Sam. Look at People love Ned Stark and he's such a uh, character everyone loves. He's only in, what, half a dozen episodes? Yeah. I got news. And, so, and, and he, he's he still in nine episodes. I'll tell you what. They could very easily, there could be a character right now you're not big on. By the end of this, when they're on the throne, yes, you are. Because they could change the way you see him in this last season. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that crazy. Right now sounds crazy. By the time we get to the end, he might have done a lot of shit yeah. to earn that. And if I'm somehow right, I'm going to look like a genius. <laughs> wow. Still an asshole, but a genius. <laughs> Well said. So, uh, but anyway, so today we got, we we're continuing on our U.S. Open previews. Um, we got, like I had said, the lineup's thick. Uh, you know, we, we had a lot of people drop out of the U.S. Open, but we still got some big stars. Don't kid yourself. They get no bigger than Kaylor Woolham. They get no bigger than the bro, bro, Brocast Boys. And he's still in there, and they're going to do a preview show with us. And they get no bigger than Steffi Cohen. So, all of them are coming on. Today's Kaylor Woolham. He's going to have a rematch of that deadlift battle. That he took from Yuri Belkin. Yep. And hopefully, we see another battle for, at the deadlifts uh, between them. Now, Kayla's going to be giving up some size. But uh, if anyone's can deadlift, if anyone can pull it off, it's our boy Kayla. It's, our, it's the, uh, the good doctor himself. The good doctor deadlift himself. So with no further ado, let's get Kayla Wilmot. So we uh-huh. have with us today none other than 
the deadlift master himself, Caleb Woolen Killer. How you feeling, sir? I'm doing okay. I can't complain. So. Yeah, yeah, you feeling? Yeah. Are, the big question. The big question. Are you healthy? Because this roster at the U.S. Open has been decimated in the last month. It's crazy. It kind of has been. Um, I guess I only caught wind of a couple of names the other day that I didn't know had dropped out. But I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Like, I guess a little healthier than I definitely healthier than I was last year at this time. So yeah, I. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to complain at all about anything going on. I feel very fortunate to be where I'm at right now. I feel pretty good, so I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. You, you know, it's um, it's like I'm a big UFC fan, and it's like they say whenever like a guy's going into a match. And um, US, I, I actually mentioned on the King of the List podcast, I'm like, because there's always injuries, and there's always people pulling out in every UFC card. And I was like, man, this this current US Open, it's like it, it's got more people dropping out than like a big UFC card. But um, some of the guys in there say, because I read a lot of their interviews and whatnot, when you hop in there and you're not 100%, there's like a 95% chance your competition's not 100% either. So you really don't need to, you're almost banking on, look, you you psych yourself out telling yourself, oh my God, I'm not 100%. This guy's numbers are here, here, and here. How the fudge am I going to pull this off? And sometimes you got to calm yourself down and be like, you're all, you're going against your worst case and their best case, and that's almost never the case. Yeah, that's almost right, never the right. scenario. Um, especially looking at this roster. I mean, we have the, the current U.S. Opens. Historically speaking, uh, you know, the biggest in terms of uh, the USAPA or or the W uh, or whatever playing any untested division. This is the biggest show. This is the biggest show in, in the in the league. Um, but this year, we lost, we lost a few big names. Um, we lost a few big names this year. Now, last year you had to pull out. What were you dealing with last year when you had to pull out? So on two different occasions in like, last year, I tore, I partially tore my quadricep tendon. Um, and after I did it the first time, training was just like terrible for months and months. And then it kind of like happened again. Like it started getting a little bit better. And then I had like another incident that happened maybe like five weeks before the meet. And it was just like, you know, I couldn't even bend my leg for a couple weeks. So it wasn't like... You know, I like, I don't want to go to a meet like that and squat like 200 pounds or something. You know what I mean? I like didn't even get to where I was doing like bodyweight squats again yet or anything. So, um, so yeah, in, in a circumstance like that, I felt like it was a good idea just to not do the meet at all. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to the US <laughs> Open, eh? People expect big numbers. Like you're right. Like so if it was local meet or whatever, if it just wasn't that quite as many eyeballs, but A, there's, you're not going to win any of the checks. And then to like sandbag squats and, and maybe if you are if you can't even get the proper bench position for not bending your leg and then have to have a straight leg deadlift and hope you don't, I mean, that's dangerous, right? Yeah, and then it's just a huge waste of money, like paying for everything to go out there if you're just going to like lift like crap. So. <laughs> yeah, just waving to the crowd, being like, hey, I showed up. And then, and then you're just, and then you're just taking like another unnecessary risk, like, you know, like what I had going on at the time, like looking back now, I'm really glad that like I did pull out of the meet and decide to like take it easy for a little bit because I think it wouldn't be where I'm at right now if I had decided to still try and compete last year. Cause you're, you're just taking like another unnecessary risk and it's just one meet when you have like several years of this left to do. Mm-hmm. So um, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, we're starting to get to a point now, like the money's good, but in terms of yeah. um, how far are you willing to risk it? Because if it's not there, it's not there. It doesn't matter how much the money is. If you don't think you can pull it off because you're, you're 
a fraction of the percentage, you're really looking for a Hail Mary the day of. It's just not, you know, especially at this level. Um, but since we had last talked, you have been smashing some records and you have been doing some big things in a deadlift. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to think back the last time we talked, you had set some goals, some lofty goals. Um, let's just catch some people up on some of these records you've been doing. Okay, so I guess before we talked, it was before I did Boss Bosses back in 2017. So that was like almost two years ago. Um, I had a goal to break the 220 world record. I was actually going up against Yuri Belkin at this meet. This is like our first time that we were going to be on the platform together and stuff. And when I say going up against Yuri, we were strictly talking about the deadlift, obviously. So, <laughs> you know, total total comparisons with each other is just not really, you know, not even close. So, <laughs> but but yeah, so um, I deadlifted 909 at that meet, and then he pulled 927 or 9, 926, and then right after he did the 926, I pulled 927. So like that world record was broken three times at that same meet. Um, and then shortly after that, a couple months after Boss of Bosses that year, I pulled 928 at Record Breakers. And then that's when things kind of like went downhill for me for a while, like just with injuries and stuff like that. So I didn't really do much until I went to Russia last year in October, and uh, I pulled 948 out there. So and what weight class that's pretty much everything. 220. 220 again. Okay. And, yes. And um, did, you go into, did you go into 242 at some point for, for uh, a pit stop? I tried. I tried. Okay. I didn't make it, but I tried. Oh, <laughs> I tried to weigh in at like 221 in Russia and at Record Breakers, and I, I, I didn't make it. I think I made it to 218 at Record Breakers, and then in Russia this year, I only made it to like 216. And that was weighing in two hours before the meet on like a full stomach, and, you know, I only weighed you, 216. So. Some people, some people um, water load and then take out the water to make weight. You might actually yeah. have to, if you chase some records, water load <laughs> and just keep it in you and weigh in and be like 10 that's pounds I, of extra water in you. You might have to. I tried. I tried. Oh, really? That's what you're doing? Damn. Holy yes. shit. Wowzers. Yes. So you could, could you comfortably make 198 with a day before weigh in? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And have you taken that? I don't, I don't know about comfortably, but I could maybe like. Cut back on calories slightly for like a couple weeks, and then that, and then I can make a pretty easy weight cut to 198. And and what is 198's uh, deadlift world record? Do you know off the top of your head? 880, 881. I know off the top of my head because it's mine. Like I, I oh, have that okay, one, okay, so. okay, good. All right, <laughs> then we don't, we don't have to make that cut again then. So how many? Yeah. I think you wanted three world records in three weight classes. Wasn't that the the goal there? Yeah, yeah. Is that still the goal? Is the only thing hindering you? What's the two forty two deadlift world record? Nine seventy. So that's not quite there yet. Um, under the Russian circumstances, I think it's there just because of the bigger plates and whatnot. Because actually, this year I almost pulled nine seventy out in Russia. So I think if I if I went for it again, I think it would be there. But like on standard calibrated plates, I don't think it's quite there yet. I think I'd be close, but it, I'm not ready for it yet. My main goal at this point is just to get a big personal best of my total. Yeah, yeah. And, and just for anyone listening who doesn't know, uh, when you talk about those, the Russian plates, how big of a difference is it? Because we know there's there's a deadlift bar, which helps a little bit with pulling slack out. But in Russia, yeah. uh, same federation, I believe. Is that correct? 
Uh, WRK, yes. Yeah, and they have just so thicker, so same federation as the open. Yeah, as the open is now, correct? Yeah, and yeah. Um, they just have thicker plates, so the weights are further away from you, which also increases the the pulling of the slack out of the bar, which will help um, the deadlift a, a little bit more. Yes. How much of a difference? Especially, um, I guess it's hard to say for sure, but off the ground, which for a sumo deadlift, typically that's like the hardest part. So if you're a sumo puller, you're going to get the most out of it, especially the heavier and heavier your pull gets. So I, I would give it close to 30 pounds oh, wow. extra probably. And, and, I think I think that's fair. And do they, even though it's the same federation as the current U.S. Open, they don't have across the board, like we're going to use calibrated plates for this the U.S. Open? Yeah, they're definitely going to use the standard calibrated plates at the U.S. Open. So those plates that they use in Russia, I don't even know what brand they were because I went and worked at them and stuff. They only exist in Russia. Like, they say WRPF on them. They said they were made in the same factory that makes their tanks and stuff. What? That is so Russian. Yeah, that's what they told me. That is exactly how I picture Russia. Yeah, after the meet, I went and, like, measured them and stuff and went and checked them out, you know, just just because I wanted to see them, so... They had explosives in them. They're, 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 they're classified as weapons. Yep. What, um, no joke, when we were uh, at the IPF World Championships, because I do the commentating for them, and the the 2017 was in Belarus, which is obviously heavily affiliated with Russia, and um, the whole spotting team, people didn't know, but the military came in. I mean, my friend, full-on fucking military, like the, the camo, the whole nine came in, set up the whole like stage help us set up the media booth and everything and then and, and i'm like it was kind of weird you don't have to take it because you're there's like tanks in the streets sometimes and you they just have yeah. displays of power the government so you might hear a cannon go off here and there just like part of parade style not just hating something but but just it's it's like hey this is a parade but also like a subliminal oh there's a there's a dictator in power <laughs> this is this is the same dude from the nineties, right? Like it just lets you know it's like a, a like a smiling hey, we're just here to help out. But no, this isn't this isn't fucking U.S. or Canada anymore, right? And um, the same fellas that were like like helping set up, like I mean, full military. Uh, the next day when the competition actually started, and they're wearing like the IPF spotter t-shirts and shit, I was like, this is the same fucking fellas. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the military. They, they brought in the fucking military to spot guys and shit. It's different in Russia. Just in case the IPF gets uh, unruly. Well, no one's arguing. Argue, hey, man, you, you grabbed my yeah. squad early. Or, or I didn't like your handoff. The guy doesn't even speak English. You got to watch your mouth, too. You just take it with a smile and be like, okay. Yeah, it is what it is. Right? Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. How did you find Russia? What, what do you mean? Like, how did I when get you were out there, there? Is it like a culture shock? Was it totally? Was it totally different? I've never been to Russia before. Um, you know, it didn't feel. I, I think it's because I was in. I was in Moscow, so I think that's one of the better parts to go to. Yeah. Um, and it, it felt like just being in a big, big city here. Feel that much different, you know? Um, other than you know, not, no, nobody spoke English, so that was really? the biggest difference. Did so nobody speak English? A, well, I guess like. More people, more people spoke English than I thought they would. Like, if you went to a restaurant or something, you know, and all the people at the hotels spoke English, um, and then most of the servers could speak enough English to, like, take your order and stuff and get your drinks and whatnot, whatever you wanted. So, yeah. um, a couple people at the meet, you know, spoke English and whatnot. Was it, uh, be, because you're American, 
Um, was there at all like, or did you think there was might be some animosity from some people? Is there any tensions? I I, I think the Russia U.S. Uh, relations are pretty good, but like, you know, just historically speaking, almost rivals on some kind of level. Did you feel anything like that, or were you like, did, were you ever told don't venture off by yourself in too many sections? Yeah, people said that all the time, but there was like no point at all where I didn't feel safe. Like, I mean, I felt safe the whole time I was there. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I've never been to Moscow, but it's a huge city, and uh, like obviously been around mm. forever. Historically speaking, us in like North yeah. America, we can't even fully appreciate like for for guys like us who in North America, like two hundred year old building is old. You know, a city that's 200, 300 years old is old. When you're in Europe and like Moscow and Asia, two hundred years ago is brand spanking new. That's nothing. Yeah. yeah. They have buildings right, that are like right. a thousand years old, you know, like they have like such a history with some other cultures, you know, uh, did you get to see any sightseeing when you were there in Moscow? Yeah, I went to Red Square, like the first day I was there. So, and apparently that that's like the main thing to go see. So they just have like all those buildings and stuff, you know, like when you're in grade school or something, you're looking at history textbooks and you see pictures of Russia. I saw all those things. So yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. got it. You got to soak it up. I remember when I was in Belarus, um, I know what you mean where like some people speak English, some people don't. I was in a fucking lineup for like 20 minutes uh, to buy some groceries. And I'm like looking through, like, I don't, I can't read any labels. I'm trying to find <laughs> yeah. unsalted water. I'm trying to keep carbs down. I got to like, I got to cut weight, right? And I'm like, what the hell am I reading? Yeah. I hope, hopefully it's I'm, not happening. Yeah. Yo, dude, <laughs> it was, I was like, I hope I'm buying the right shit. I just bought, I bought water. I don't know if it was, uh, there was no minerals in it or salt in it. And I'm waiting in line for like 20 minutes. Finally get up to the lady and I start asking questions. And then she points. I'm like, what is she pointing? She do. And I look and there's a fucking English speaking lineup. Another 20 minutes though. I'm like, damn it, man. I'm like, just bag it. I'll, <laughs> I'll pay for it. I don't know what I'm yeah. buying. I don't give a shit. Because I tried to ask her, am I buying the right thing? What is this? What is that? She's like, no, 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 no. But at least they do have, because um, it's not just us. In terms of Europe, there's a lot of English speaking. That's like the major language that kind of bridges everybody is English. So right. in yeah, tourist yeah. sections, they try to, okay, we'll have one tourist line, quote unquote, speak English. I know um, you, IPF Worlds is in Sweden. And uh, the Swedes obviously speak Swedish, but they all speak English. You know, you go to Germany, yeah. you go to wherever, you're, you're going to have English speaking. Um, where are some yeah. of the other places you, you've lifted in? Is Russia probably, have you lifted outside the U.S. often? Uh, that was actually the first time I left the country at all, like my whole life. Oh, um, And then recently, oh, wow. I went to China. In. I went to China about a month ago to do a seminar. Oh, yeah. How was that? For like a whole week. Oh, it was, it was awesome. That was probably everything I've got to do so far in my little weightlifting journey, whatever you want to call it. The China the China trip was probably my favorite so far. Like, that was a really, really cool experience. So I got to work with, like, a lot of different kids and stuff out there. And did they... Wanted to learn some stuff, so... Did they, did they like... Because, you know, China's obviously... It's, it's fascinating because, again, extremely ancient culture. Been around forever. Absolutely yeah. massive country. Um, one point, how many billion people live there? One point seven or something? Something's crazy. About one point three. One point three. One point three. One point four. It's yeah. just, it's just nuts how many people. And uh, so within China, there's like different cultures within China because there's so many people and different la- yeah. languages and dialects. Um, but are they like, are they big in the powerlifting? Like when you showed up, did they all know who you were and like? 
Yeah, yeah. So a lot of these, a lot of these guys, even like they took off work for the week and traveled in from like cities around the area to go in to attend the seminar and stuff. And you know, the first day I was there, like I walk into their gym, and then there's just like a giant group of people standing around the counter, and everybody just starts like applauding and stuff. It was the coolest. <laughs> what thing. the shit? That is crazy. Whoa, yeah, man. Awesome. You so you're like, oh hell yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah, they were super eager to learn and stuff. Like, they were not really into it. It's not um, really popular considering how many people they have in their country, but it's, it's growing out there. It's starting to get a little more popular and catch some traction. So I think fitness in general is just starting to get more popular out there now. Yeah, I was wondering. Well, first off, this is going to do great numbers for downloads in China. That's great. Yeah. Thank, thank you for coming on. Yeah. We're, 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 <laughs> yeah. you're, you're a Chinese. we got the Chinese market. But, um, yeah, in terms of their population, is so massive. Um, and when I think about fit, like China, I don't necessarily think about gym culture and, and weightlifting. Like, do they have a lot of gyms in China? Uh, you know, but like, really, you think they would be? Like, Olympics are such a huge thing over there. That's and, true. Like, Olympic weightlifting, oh, especially, yeah. Yeah. is Olympics, massive. So, absolute monsters with Olympic weightlifting. I see guys like Chinese, Chinese Taipei is yeah always right at the very top. Yeah, um, you got to be careful with that. I know as an IPF commentator, it was Chinese Taipei, yep. and I think I said China, and they're like, don't mix that up. So uh, I think there's a different side of yeah. politics. <laughs> there, there's like some politics or some places yeah. where like, yeah, very yeah, true. Yeah, watch yourself. And okay. I just lost our And that, our And just like that, we had the Chinese market, yep. and just and like that. And we've lost it now. Thanks we lose the Chinese <laughs> but, um, but yeah, do they, did you find, like, how was their gyms and their equipment? Do you have a chance to check it out? And, yeah, so the is actually the, a guy who owned the gym. He's the one that set up everything, and that, the gym I went to was really, really nice. It's definitely nicer than you know any of the gyms I've you know trained at here. Oh no, kid. Um, yeah, they had like some really cool. You know, they they had like all the nice powerlifting equipment and stuff, all the specialty bars, lots of nice machines and stuff like that, and calibrated plates and all that. So it's, it was a good gym. Kazilla, like obviously they'll actually back a sport like financially the government will i don't know like yes. I, I know um i mean i don't know it's fact and fiction when it comes to china and russia sometimes you know over here you don't know what's real what's not but you hear stories about the government and like if you're good they're gonna push you like from a small age and start pushing but with powerlifting do they as does the government i don't know if you know the answers but has the government got behind powerlifting or because it's not an olympic sport they're not really you would think because it's not an Olympic sport, there really wouldn't be any funding for it because it's not. Because like it's not in, like a really a revenue generating sport. Either. I know China doesn't have a big team yeah. in the IPF, um, and I don't know if, I, who who brought you over. Who reached? How did this even happen? How does it even happen? Um. So I, I had just kind of been talking back and forth with this one guy. Like I made I made a program for him and stuff, and he he seemed to really like it. And then we we kind of just kept talking, and then it, one thing led to the next, and he's like, "Hey, how do we get you over here to do a seminar at my gym?" And that I mean that was it. They <laughs> set up everything, and they took care of it all, and I went out there. So <laughs> shit, isn't life funny, eh? I mean, um, yeah. So, so what was the length of it? Like, was it just a single seminar you brought out for, or was it like a whole week long session, or? Well, it, so it was actually six days of seminars, and each one was maybe lasted maybe about like five hours with a break in between. Um, so yeah, six days in a row of that, and there was two different groups of students. So it was like three days with one group, and then three days with like another group of people. Mm. And then they had like a little a deadlift exhibition meet, and I was like the one and only judge. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <So>. shit! <laughs> you were the one and only judge. 
And you were like, well, this guy paid for my tab, yeah. so I'm passing all of his. It's not a squad only me. It's like that, and you're running around doing three different positions. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a squad only. You're like, all right, we got to do three attempts all at once. I yeah. have three different angles. No shit. Yeah. Um, and what was China like in terms of, uh, like, what, what city were you in China, by the way? It's called Jinan, okay. which is a, a pretty big city. It's um, northwest, northeast of Beijing, I believe. It, it's, it has about eight and a half million population. So, I mean, bigger than anything we have here, yeah. of course. You know. Well, again, when you're, talking, that, when you're for, talking about 1.3 billion, it's actually a yeah. small city for, for them. For them, that was a, that's a small village. <laughs> that's a small village yeah. in the country for them. When you compare it, like, yes. U.S. has, <laughs> what, like two or three cities, maybe over eight million? Um, yeah. I mean, New York and L.A., I think that's Chicago, it. That's it. Chicago Chicago's and Toronto. Chicago is the same size as Toronto. Like Chicago and Toronto are right the same. Yeah, and they're they're like yeah. It's like yeah. Fuck man, that's crazy. That's absolutely how 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 condensed was those streets though? Like again, I've never been to China. I've been to a few different places now because the IPF will take me when I'm doing the commentating, and I love it. I get to see the world. Haven't been to Russia. Haven't been to China. Is it like they say? Like you see in those kung fu movies, like Rush Hour, where it's fucking jarred full of people. And how is it over there? No, I'd say that's about right. Traffic was pretty crazy. Um, and I think, you know, traffic in any country other than the, Amer- than, than the United States and probably Canada is just like anarchy, you is know? It? Yeah, yeah. There, there's like no rules, it seems like, especially in Russia. People just drive as fast as they want to, however they want to. It was a little bit better in China, but it was still, you know, pretty crazy. Like, I'm glad I didn't have to drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, yeah. Yeah. What, what side of the road do they drive on? In, in both, is it? Do they drive on the right side of the road? Yes, both. Yeah, in Russia and in China, they both drive on the right side of the road. Yeah, because I, I, I just thought about that now too. Is it the UK they drive on the left? Yeah. Because there's no flipping way I'd be able to do that. UK, no, some Caribbean oh, no. islands. <laughs> yeah, and I know what you mean because I think in Europe, is it the autobahn or whatever where you could drive as fast as you want? Yeah. It's it's you you, you watch your own but back, it's, but it's also very structured, like in terms of. It's weird because it's a, like completely anarchy, like as you said, for traffic in most places in the world. But it's mm-hmm. so structured in which way they follow rules of the road and stuff. It's kind of interesting. Like, to like, watch. like you just, mean structured in terms of um, well, like, how like, I treat it, you treat it, we're on the same page. Yeah. Like in terms of like, say, the Autobahn, if you're not passing somebody, you're always over on the right-hand lanes. Like, it's just, yeah. there's the unsung rules that you have to follow. I wonder... And even Asian driving is like that. I wonder, like, what the ratio... Uh, in terms of like car accidents and shit like that, is it, or if it's like relatively the same or what? It's I don't know. I felt like I I would see a lot more car accidents than I did. I don't yeah. know if I saw any, and I which I thought was just amazing yeah, <laughs> that there was, wasn't any that I saw. I was in Hong Kong a couple of years ago, and same thing. Like driving, I would never want to do it myself. Like it seems like complete anarchy. Yeah, it's but too you stressful. Ne- you never saw like huge traffic jams. You never saw accidents. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, just kind of flows. Yeah, you just get used to it. Yeah. I guess you know, you play your role. Um, and in terms of yeah. how how did they treat you? Not just at the gym, obviously they they brought you over and gave you the uh, the full treatment. But um, when you're mobbing the streets, just walking around, getting food, uh, you know, living life out there, how did the people treat you? Because um, they China doesn't get a lot of like just especially a a, a city like that. Were you? Were you the only white guy around? Did you see anybody else with, oh, shit, there's another white guy here? Uh, gosh, I don't think I did. Maybe, like, <laughs> one. Eight hundred yeah. million people and one white dude. 
Like yeah. that, they are who not that? multicultural. Who like it's true. That's what yeah. I hear. Is they're not multicultural? Yeah. Well, and then and then like uh, the African American population, I saw maybe two the whole time I was yeah. there. And it was like when you did, you're like, oh wow, there's you know, <laughs> it's like the only African American yeah. I've seen this whole time. I mean, yeah, so they're not very diverse at all. Like, like here, you know, you see like races of all kinds here. You yeah. know, yeah. it's pretty pretty mixed. You know. It's, but over there, it's like it's weird to see anybody who's not Chinese. When, <laughs> when you when you see somebody like another white or black dude, you're like, "What the fuck are you doing here? It's what's like, your story? Like, did you exactly? I'm like, <laughs> how did you end up here? Yeah. <laughs> what do you? What's your, what, what sport do you play? Like, there's no like. Do these people? <laughs> yeah. Did you actually talk to them? Like the other, uh, the other guys who weren't Chinese. No, no, because they were just strangers. So I, I didn't just. I swear to God, <laughs> and this is probably weird as fuck. If I look in the sea of 8 million, I see one black dude, one white dude, I immediately, <laughs> hey, yo, what's up? Hey, man, how'd you get yeah. you, you walk up to him, a hot dog. Yeah, I'd be like, where are you from? Give what's him a kiss deal? on both cheeks. Yeah, where are you from? What's your deal? Let's let's hang out. But um, no, uh, people have told me that. I had a, my sister lived in China for a, for a bit, and I had a buddy who lived in China, and he said like in the, in the, in the uh, train station... Because they're not used to, they are not multicultural, and they are not used to other cultures coming in, other races coming in. So they think it's fascinating. They see a white dude, some people have never seen in real life a white dude before, ever. They'll see it in the movies, they'll see it in video, like music videos, but in real life. So they'll come up with their cameras out, right to your face, taking pictures of you. My buddy said some lady put her kid in between him and his buddy who are white and just took a picture of them. And they get, get in there, get in there. It took, and they're like, what the fuck is going on here? And other people, no, they weren't, because it's different. Um, they're so used to being close, because you can have in a very small town, like like the proximity-wise, ge- geographically-wise, so many people that it's different culturally bumping in the people. It's not rude. It's just normal. So, again, kind of like the traffic, you get bumped into a lot. You get, like, just culturally things are different. And they, uh, they talk to you different because you're so different. And they almost talk to you like they don't know how to treat you. They don't know how to take you in. Like, did you feel any of these things? When you were there, you're the only white dude. And everybody's looking at you like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Yeah, I got stared at a lot. And I think it, a lot of it had to do with, well, for when I was definitely taller. I was the biggest person I saw the whole yeah. time. I'm not huge by any means, but I was bigger than everybody else there. <laughs> like taller and heavier than everyone else I saw there. How tall, you know? how tall are you for anyone listening? I'm six feet tall. Six feet. Yeah, six. And what's what's the what's the what's the height over there? What's the average height over there? Do you think? Oh man, like five six probably. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say based on my experience yeah. in Hong Kong, I would say five. Like I was like average over there. Dude, I want to get. Which, I'm, I'm five nine. I want to go there. I'll be a fucking monster. Which I gotta say, yeah. Yeah. Going to, going to a place, be, going to a place where I'm five six, I'm like the same height as everyone else. It was fantastic. <laughs> You're like I found home. Yeah. So you really my stuck. People. Yeah, my peeps. So you really stuck it. So how how are they treating you when you you're walking around like this? I don't know. I just I just kind of got like looked at and stuff because I like to think that I'm noticeably muscular and stuff. So I I think that's where I got like most of the looks and whatnot was just because of that. But <laughs> you you're soaking it up wearing a tight t-shirt. Yeah. It gets hot outside. You take yeah. the shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt, I felt pretty. Felt pretty good about myself. <laughs> you came back like, yeah, all right, okay. Um, no yeah. shit, that's a hell of experience. What kind of a flight is that? Was it crazy? Oh god, yeah. It was. I think it was like a on the way there it was like a fourteen and a half hour flight. Damn. 
Because you fly, you fly from Dallas all the way to Beijing in one shot. Oh, so yeah. which I didn't, I didn't even know a plane could fly that far. Yeah. in one in one trip. That's a hell of a lot. <laughs> so of that guys. was, yeah. So that was rough. But yeah. Um, and did you see? I'm. I don't mind flying. Like I could do it. Obviously, I I I do it every now and then. But I'm not the greatest. Like if there's, I'm that dude. I'm all right. But if there's some turbulence, my face is saying I'm all right. But inside, I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Here we go. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. You know? Like this, here we are. This is how it ends. Like that's, that, that, do you ever been through, like, whether it's 14 hours, that's where it's like, for me, the odds just increased. You know? If it was a four hour yeah. flight, if it was 14 hours, our odds are increasing like fourfold that I'm going to die today. You know? Yeah. It's, Especially the part of the flight where you're like over the ocean and there's not really much of anything close by at all. You know, you're like, uh oh. <laughs> no one's going to find my remains. It's going to be a mystery. Yep. It's funny. You know? I, get less work uh-huh. for, I get less worked up for flights than I would for a long drive. You, I, see, I don't think twice about a drive. In terms of worked up, how do you. Like, do in it? terms of like worry about like accidents or whatever, or like going down or. No any, shit. Yeah. I'm almost fearless when it comes to the road, even though I'm yeah, no, see, I find, I find plane, like flights are so. I've had, so we're in Canada, I've had um, drives across, you know, from Ontario deep into Quebec, probably mid, mid-level, mid Canada's massive though, uh, but it was hours long, and we got hit with a winter storm, my friend, um, no joke, on the same highway as driving on, two people died, I, I was passing by trucks that were in the ditch, like covered in snow, on fire, I was like, what the, f- how the fuck did they turn <laughs> on fire, man? There were so many cars in the ditch, and I, like, this isn't, if it was just, we're going away for the weekend, yeah, you pull over and stay where you're at, or find a hotel where you're at, but I had to get there, because I had to weigh in the next day, or I, I just don't make I a call. I was about to say, this was for CPU Nats. This is for the, the or Canadian right? Nationals, so I was white knuckling it, like, I, my knuckles were so white, and you know when you get, like, hyper focused like someone could talk to you and you don't budge your head you don't i'm just like okay sure whatever i don't care what you're saying right now i am zoned in my girlfriend's like i can't believe you're doing what you're doing now god bless because i couldn't be in those shoes yeah i probably made weight just no, driving like, if i'm in that situation as a driver i'm better off yeah oh, as, a, I as a passenger yeah. i would be oh yeah no i'm taking the weight yeah I'm like, listen, honey. Either I'm taking hop the wheel. out, hop out the fucking, hop out the driver's seat. Daddy's taking the Either wheel. I'm taking I'm the not... wheel, or Jesus is like it's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly it. Jeez, at some points when you start sliding in ice patch, you're like, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, <laughs> hands like, hands off. Kathleen looks over. Hands are off. And we made it. It's Eyes just, are closed. You, you know when you make the hotel, you're like, we are the righteous, honey. Yeah. This was meant to be. Oh, we're gonna have a good day if we survive that. But, <laughs> but, but no, flying, no problems. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I can do it. I just get a little bit nervous and maybe have a cocktail or two yeah. and steady the nerves. But um, so, anyways, yeah, it sounds like you've had a hell of a hell of a journey, my friend. So, how, how long ago was this seminar? Um, so that was February nineteenth is when it all started, and then I was there for about ten days oh. altogether. Do you have plans? So, or of- eight, nine. Do you have plans of uh, doing Do some more seminars and, and maybe doing a bit of a tour now or maybe going back to China? Yeah, actually, um, I got set up with a different organization because they saw that I'd gone out there and stuff, and then they were interested in having me back in July. So uh, in July, I'll go back out to, I believe, Shanghai this time, or maybe Hong Kong. Damn, yeah. man. Are you yeah. And this is a different organization seeing you had come out? Yeah, yeah. See how that works? Okay. 
So this is what I tell people. Um, when something like that opens up for you, that the, the first individual that you're doing coaching with, and he's like, do you want to come out? Some people hum and haw, and they're like, it's a big flight. It might be time off work, given that other person's situation. I'm not big with flying. I don't know. It's China. It's big. And I always fucking tell people, walk through those doors that open for you. Because you don't. once you walk through one, you don't know what opens up after that. You don't know who's... Exactly, yeah. It's not like... That's life in general. Who watched that? Who said, oh, I loved... You know, oh, you're doing you're doing a seminars out here. Who was at that seminar left... Here's about a seminar and be like, you know who you need is Caleb Willow. You know, bring him out here. He did an amazing job last time. No joke. I did, um, uh, years ago I was on a reality TV show, like a permanent cast member. And I was just firing off emails and somebody got the email. They were, they were uh, auditioning people for a reality TV show. They want someone with an athletic background, but they also wanted somebody who had like, like some camera on air presence. And, um... They had a hard time. They were auditioning people in Olympic sports the whole nine. And then they're like, what about that fucking, uh, there's a guy who emailed me about something totally random. It's totally different. His name's Six Pack Lapidat. He's a powerlifter. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're like, what the fuck is powerlifting? powerlifting? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> let's see his video. And they're like, hey, like him. He's got a little on camera. And that was it. And so I go out and do that. Then Canada's Got Talent happened for me. The people at America's Got Talent Watch Canada's Got Talent and said, let's fucking bring this guy out for America's Got Talent as a ringer. I'm not even American. And then people in Europe watched Canada's Got Talent and were like, let's fly this fucking guy out with all of his strongman apparatus. I was like lifting bleachers full of people, flipping cars, fly him out. They flew me to fucking Italy. I'm out there for like a week. I meet Hafthor Bjornsson. I meet uh, Zajunas Savikas. For anyone listening, Hafthor is the mountain from Game of Thrones. He's also the world's strongest man. Zajunas. And I'm, they come in a hotel and like, I'm like, quote unquote, the talent on TV show. All because, like, I was nerve wracked to do Can's Got Talent. You have judges and God knows what they're going to do to you. They can roast you if it goes sideways on you. You know, they love, hey, the, the producers told me, we're going to bring you out. If it goes good, you get, you get white lighted and you go ahead. It's a great story. If it goes bad and you fuck up a little or you try to be funny, but the joke fails in front of the crowd and no one gets it, they'll roast you. Because that's the way, that's what they're supposed to do. So stay in the pocket. Yeah. The, the producer said, my biggest advice, you're here as a strong man. Don't try to be a comedian. Just just stay in stay in your role. Because some people, they, they get it. They nail their part and then they try to go too far. And um, point being, so you get nervous and, you, and you're afraid to walk through certain doors. But if you do that, you never know who's watching what doors open up after that. You know, so I always say, do it. Do things like that. Put yourself out there. You never know. You know? I mean, yeah, absolutely. The, look at us. We're, we're going to blow up in China now because we had you over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, might, for- you might be in rush hour four, my friend, you know, as one of the goons in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very exciting. I'm going to ask about when I'm out there next. So that's right. I'm going to ask someone. <laughs> you, I'll be like, I'll watch it, but that's fucking killer in the background. Jesus, yeah. man, he's blowing up in China. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't even part of it. You just seen because he was filmed as an extra without knowing. <laughs> you're, you're just, just a, walking around, taking in the sights. Extra in the background, you're gonna stick out like a yeah. sore thumb. But um, so leading into these, uh, the U.S. Open and prep has gone well, and um, and you're seeing kind of the competition start dropping off here and there. Look, walking into this, um, what were your thoughts? Like first off, it was interesting to me. One of the ones that kind of was different for me was when Stacy Burr had dropped out. She hit the biggest Wilkes, uh, either from man or woman, both categories, the biggest Wilkes. And then decided, you know what? 
I think I've said all I want to say, and I'm walking away and I'm dropping out the U.S. Open. Um, when you heard about that, were you surprised? Not really, because I, I was honestly surprised that I even saw her name on the roster at all, because she just did that meet at the Arnold, and it just seems like for somebody of her caliber and how good of a lifter she is and, you know, can't even imagine how much effort she puts into her training, it just seems really soon for her to do another meet, like, so I, I feel like that probably had more to do with it than anything, you know, just need a little bit of a break. Because I think that was only maybe seven weeks between those two meets. Yeah. So yeah. Just, I don't think that was enough time. I mean, you could have, she may have, and you're probably right. And she may have said, look, I'm planning on hitting it here at this meet, Arnold. But um, if I if I don't get it for whatever happens, and this is sports, I got the U.S. Open right afterwards. So we'll go over again. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. That, that would make more sense, I guess. If like I'm, I'm, I don't know. She didn't tell me this, but I'm thinking like you could see where you have contingency plans because she probably in her heart of hearts was thinking, I don't want to do this forever, and um, and I think if I get the biggest Wilkes, that's that's good. That's my swan song, and I'm out. Yeah. Um, and I can respect that. I mean, yeah. it's tough. It's a it's a tough sport. Do you yourself have you thought about like, you know, with everything you put in the injuries and and constantly grinding? Have you ever thought when you hear a story like that, you're like, you know what? If I fucking ever, if I win U.S. Open, or if I break this record at 242, or if I whatever, I might think about checking out. Do you ever think about that sometimes? No, not there. I don't think there'll be a single accomplishment that would be like, okay, that's the one I was chasing. I can kind of be done now. I, I'll just, I guess, I'll just stop whenever I feel like I need to. Yeah. You know. When so I'll just, I'll just do it for as long as I can. When the flame kind of, when it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or whenever you kind of realize that maybe you're not going to get much better or, you know, whatever. Because I feel like everybody only has a certain amount of years that they can put into powerlifting. Yeah, and and, um, and that's fair. Because some people are like, um, look, it, if I'm good and I'm, and I'm killing it, great. But even if, even if like, I get older and, and my numbers aren't still going up, it's more just the process that I enjoyed anyways. It's, it's just... This is my routine. I like going to the, going in the gym and shifting weights, you know, and um, and that's cool. Right. Too. And that's cool too. Maybe later on, um, there are some people like I may not be as competitive as, as I was before. Maybe I'm not training for the U.S. Open, but I'm just shifting weights, doing my thing. You know, it's kind of hard. It's hard to tell until you get there, you know, and and you kind of see what it's like. Right, and I don't think it'll ever be like you know. I don't. I think most powerlifters we're never completely satisfied. Like it's never good enough. So there's never going to be like one thing that you achieve that's just going to make you be like, okay, yeah, no, that's I think I think that's it for me. It, it just like it's the fun part about this is seeing how far you can possibly push yourself. Yeah. No matter no matter what, like you know, we never have we don't have any idea where we're going to end up. We have goals and stuff, but you you always tend to surprise yourself as far as you know how far you can push yourself and how how good you can actually be. Because if I were to tell myself like. Five years ago, what my numbers would be today, I would be like, there's no freaking way. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have believed myself. You know, so it's just, yeah. that's the part that's really fun for me, I guess. It is true. Um, you think once you attain something, then I'll be satisfied. And then you hit it and you're like, not still there. I'm still hungry. Well, yeah, yeah. you can have a nine yeah. or nine day or something like that. Like the perfect day, as most people call it. But you, you go away thinking, oh, you know, I had like another two and a half here. Yeah, I got five more. here. There's yeah. more in the tank. And then, you know, you break one world record, and now you're looking at 220. Yeah. You break 220, and you're like, is 242 possible? And then all of a sudden, you're like, you know, you're just like, oh, no one's done that. Yeah. And then you look back at 220, and you're like, oh, son of a bitch, someone took my 220. 
well, I guess I got to come back. Like, it's one of those, like, records are fleeting in powerlifting, too. I mean, yeah. uh, and when it comes to Wilkes and all of it, it, it drops left, right, and center. So there's always something to be done. Um, that's why, for myself anyways, the process is kind of, I got to try to enjoy that. I try to fixate on that as much as possible. And then, um, and then yeah, you, you hit milestones. You got to, you know, celebrate those as well. But it's tough. Um, in terms of uh, the men's side for the U.S. Open, some big names pulled out. You know, we got um, Kevin Oak gone, Ben Pollock gone, Brennan Allen gone, John Hack isn't returning. Um, all of a sudden, you know, at 20K, you know, you, it's looking easy. You, the odds are increasing for yourself. Um, when you saw that, were you surprised how many people are, are dropping out of the U.S. Open? Yeah, I guess I was, I was surprised to see Ben and Kevin drop out. Obviously, we all know what happened to Brandon, and that was pretty heartbreaking to hear about and, you know, see, see him go through that and whatnot. But um, I guess those other two, I was, I was like, kind of surprised. But, you know, it's just one of those things. You, can, you, you have to kind of expect a couple of big names to drop out. I mean, things just happen. Like, you know, sometimes you just get hurt. That's just, that's just how, especially when you're training the way some of these guys do, you know, when you're pushing your limit, things just go wrong sometimes. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. looking at the roster. Like there are some people who are like, we're talking about big names. Obviously we still got Petkoff. Uh, we still got yourself, Yuri Belkin. Um, I mean, there's still some big names in there, but when we're talking about, you expect some people to drop out. It just seemed like this year, for some reason, it was some, like the biggest of the big names. Like we, we like, like Ben Pollock. Like like uh, Kevin Oak, like like Brandon, Stacy Burr, freaking Cece, Cece's gone. Who's like the rain? Cece, yeah, yeah. That that's it's devastating. Like these are and these are the best. You're already missing names. Like Larry wasn't there this year. Larry's uh, not coming back. Hacks not coming back. Like already, already some of the biggest names. I was gonna say quads like Rob not there as well this year. Already some people weren't returning, and then when some of the big names drop out, it's like oh shit, like. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a little. I'm hoping it's. I don't know. I don't know what's. It, it does. It, it, two things happen. Um, a okay. Some of the names we're used to watching are going to be there, but it also opens the door for some of these guys like Mark Plummer, you know, and some of these other guys that um, like Logan Chapman in the super heavy boots. It opens the door. We like now. Now I got more more time to shine. And well, some new stars and can emerge. No exactly new CC was last year. Before the U.S. Well, for the U.S. Open last year, we were reposting CC, but people weren't all hype about her. And then the U.S. Open comes and everyone's talking about CeCe. Yeah. You know what going to say? And no, I was going to say, yeah. that's exactly it. It's going to give an opportunity now for some other people to get the spotlight that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there some people that you got? Who do you think? Obviously, Yuri is a guy you got to watch out for. Um, I mean, but you know what? I mean, judging by how many people dropping out, I'm starting to believe more and more people are human. You just need anybody can have a bad day. Um, but besides yeah. Yuri... Who else? Are, who else? Who are you really looking at um, here that that you that you're paying attention, thinking that it's going to be some contenders here? Um, so Yuri Belkin for sure. He's he's very very hard to beat. His Welch is going to be you know well over six hundred. That's that's going to be win again this year. Um, and then there's Ross Petkoff, who also has a six hundred Welch. So if I had to take a guess, I think those two guys are going to be number one and number two. Number three, I don't even. Oh, I have no idea. Like I think I think it's just kind of. Up for grabs at that point. It kind of just, uh, I think Chris Bridgeford, if he puts together a good meet with the numbers that he's capable of, I think he'll he'll be up there pretty far too on the Wilkes. Um, 
But uh, outside of that, off the top of my head, it's hard to say for sure who else is yeah. going to be in that. Because I, I think if you're going to be top three overall, will it see, it's going to have to be over 600 points. So I don't know who else does that besides, you know, potentially those three guys right now. And I feel, I'm sorry if I'm leaving anybody out, if there's like an obvious one who out there who um, Brandon would have been one, you know. But, yeah, it yeah. is. I mean, you're right. It is difficult to say. I mean, you do have guys like, for instance, young, like Mark Plummer. We had him on a couple podcasts ago. Is he 21? Yeah. And you got guys like that who you don't know. It's like he could he he's he could be right up there. He himself isn't sure yet. Like he's he's still young. And there's other guys like like Logan Chapman. There's a bunch of guys in the thick of things that it is it's intriguing to see because some of the guys' progress is off the charts. If if they if they stack up to what they're doing in the gym, you know, and that's kind of the flip side is um Having been around the block, you know, like sometimes you can stack up to the numbers you put in the gym. Other times it just isn't going to be there on that day. Even the day of. Okay, so leading into we've seen a lot of people drop out. The day of US, is, US Open is notorious for people getting injured day of and bombing out. You know, it's yeah, it, notorious, my friend. Like things and- already have shaken up. When the day of, God, man, you can't call it. You, you basically you hang in the pocket. You can be twenty k richer, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me and this me, like I, it's never really been a goal to even think about the top three overall looks because I am competing in sleeves, and I think I'm the only competitor doing that. Ah. So that's gonna kind of that's gonna throw throw me down a little bit just because everyone else is doing wraps, I'm doing sleeves, and obviously you know that's gonna affect my total quite a bit, but. You know, do you just my, like, my whole goal is to get a, a big personal best on my total. And do you, it, what, what's with the choice of not wraps? Do you just not get much out of the wraps and they mess you up? Because I know John Hack I said, was about to say, Hack, I remember, was he's, the same thing. He's like, look, and I tried wraps. He actually thought he got injured because yeah. of it. Um, but what was your decision about that? It's, uh, I have just bad quantities in my knees. And that actually, those two occasions last year that I tore tore my uh, quad tendon it, uh, both times I was using wraps and you know that's something that's never happened in sleeves and whatnot they just put like a weird amount of pressure on your knees yeah. in that one spot and it just I just can't handle it so that's- I'm just going to be safe I actually just got back to where I can actually somewhat squat again routinely and consistently so I'm not going to do anything to ruin that at this point yeah because obviously that's what I need to work on the most. So I'm just gonna take I'm just gonna take whatever I can get at this point as far as squat goes, and I'm just gonna be happy with it. So yeah, yeah, stay in the pocket, yeah, so. stay in the pocket. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Um. What do you What are you anticipating from uh, our boy Yuri Belkin in terms of his deadlift and yourself? And are we gonna see now Yuri's heavier? Um. So he's gonna be deadlifting after you. Is that how the flights? I don't know how the flights work, or are they gonna put your two flights together? Because uh, it's not a. There's only five of you in the 220, and that's now. God knows what's going to happen by the time we get to there. <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I would think the 220s and 242s would be on the same platform. I hope so. like, That would make the most sense. God, so, I, hope I, so. Hope so I hope so. so. Everybody yeah. watching, look. This you don't got to be a rocket scientist. If you're putting this together to be like, let's fucking put Kaylor and Yuri together so they deadlift in the same flight, and we get to see back to back pulls. Um, and yeah, that's 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 one of the highlights of the show of this U.S. Open. Let's be honest. Yeah, people love deadlifts. So yeah. if if we were if we ended up not being in the same flight, I wouldn't be surprised if they changed it to where we were 
at least to like I was in the same flight as Yuri or you know vice versa because they have they did do that at uh, Boss of Bosses that first time we met up with each other I was actually in the flight before Yuri but they put me in the flight with Yuri just so we could be together in the same yeah. flight yeah, yeah. see the <laughs> it does it does make it a little bit more exciting and yeah. stuff and it's good for both of us too because like we're watching one another it like it. We, we both, like, are pushed a little bit harder if we're, like, on the same flight together yeah. and stuff. Well, like, Spotters and loaders have to love it as well because you only want to unload and unload 900 so many times. That's true, too. Yeah, right. fuck, yes. yeah. Listen, <laughs> man, I got to bend over and re- re- reload this over. Um, for the boss of bosses, here's another thing. Because you had said you actually out-pulled him by a pound, half a kilo. And um, because you're going head-to-head, you can make these decisions, clutch decisions. And that's the deadlift battle we want to see. If they put you in the flight before, you don't have that opportunity. You know, it's a risk. Right. It's a risk because you could miss, but you don't have the opportunity. Let's chip it. Let's go. That's that's what the beauty of our like powerlifting is. When you have a battle, squat battle, deadlift battle, whatever it is, you and you're going toe to toe. You try to chip the other guy and take that world record back. And um, man, to get that robbed, make you go first. You're guessing. You're like, I yeah, I think this will make me win it. You could load the bar with more than you need, miss it. Yuri's like, fuck me, I wasn't even going to go that heavy. And now he's only got to beat your second attempt instead of your third. And you're like, damn it, man. Like, you're, you're totally shooting in the dark, hoping you hit something. Um, so I yeah. hope, I hope they put you guys together. Yeah. And then, you know, we're not even going to be in the same weight class this year. So it matters even less, you know, it, when one or one of us deadlifts. If we if we dealt together or not, like it doesn't really matter a whole lot because we're not even in the same weight class. So, um. so sort of, but he's how he's like two twenty one, two twenty two, isn't he? No, um, is he last I thought, like I know in, in Russia he's been on a little bit of weight. Oh. he's gotten a little bit bigger, and you can tell if you see him too. He's he's looking pretty thick. Um, in Russia, I think he weighed in at like two thirty five, maybe. Oh wait, wow. Yeah, yeah. So he'll definitely be two forty two. this a lot bigger. I remember him. Being- I think he's he's done at two twenty. I know he doesn't. I don't think he has anything left that he wants to accomplish in that weight class. So because he already has the total by yeah. a long shot. So yeah. I mean, and uh, same thing at two forty two. So and does he cut? Any water at all to help improve his Wilkes, even if he's not cutting for another weight class, because it doesn't matter. It's all Wilkes anyways to take those checks. Or is he just, fuck it, I come as I am. I'm not even bothering. I know that's what he did in Russia. Like, he, I mean, we both did the same thing. We, like, ate breakfast and went weighed in, like, an hour before the meet or something. And I would imagine he'll do the same thing. Hmm. Um, but if he's doing 242, I don't think he has to cut weight at all to get to 242. So he'll probably just walk in and weigh whatever he weighs. So. Yeah. See, for me, like... You got to be supremely confident because I, even if I wasn't at all worried about weighing 242, I would be looking at Ross Petkov and telling myself, if I even drop 10 pounds of water, it just bumps my wilts a little. And it's just a little less, you know, I mean, it's 20K, 20K is 20K, as confident as I am, fuck man, it's 20K. In, in, yeah, US, US for, for a Russian, that's like, yeah. that's like, a, that's like three years pay, my friend. You know what I mean? That's, that's like, a lot of money. That's, that's yeah. a lot of money. That's a lot of money for anybody. Um, so I don't, yeah, if it was me, but I don't know, he's got to be supremely confident, obviously. Um, for yourself, what are you predicting in terms of, so are you thinking Belkin will be probably just too big, too heavy now in terms of being able to pull him uh, now that he's fully committed for a 242 weight class? Are you thinking, fuck, man, that's at, at 220, you guys are neck and neck any given day, but are you anticipating yeah, he's probably a little too big now? 
No, I think I'll pull him at the open. That a boy. Um, that a lot. That yeah. a lot. <laughs> I love the I love it. Nah, nah, I got him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously he's still gonna trash my total. Whatever whatever I put up, his is gonna be at least 150 pounds more. But so I at least gotta I gotta beat him at something, you know. Like if I can beat him at something, that's my victory. So Hey listen, uh the deadlift is the king of the lifts, and you will have hit the biggest lift of the day anyways. So there you go. It's still it's still huge. Like it's Yuri Belkin for God's sake. But um, what do you what are you aiming for? Uh, like what if you don't? I mean, you know, you don't have to tell me because sometimes you know it's kind of like giving your strategy. Um, but is there a number that you're willing to throw out there, or are you thinking you and I'm going to keep those cards to my chest just in case game day I got to change it up? Yeah, um, I guess it's hard to say. Let's see. So I I want to squat 300 kilos. And that would be that'd be a personal best, and I think it's there. Like so, I think 300 kilos is happening on the squat uh, bench. I'm not I'm not too sure of anymore. Originally, I wanted to do 485, which would have just been like a five pound personal best. But the last couple of weeks, I've had like a little bit of a peck issue that I've been babying some, so I'm just kind of being smart with it. So if I hit around 470, I'd be thrilled. Like I, I think that'd be that'd be um, a meet PR. I'd be really happy with it. And then I'd like to deadlift about uh, 950. So if I could break my current world record at 220, Shit. I'd like to do that. If um, that, that, that and that's like that'd be like a perfect day for me. And, so and, and what do you think? What do you anticipate Balkan's going to pull? Uh, uh, let's see. <sighs> 931. No shit! Wow. So if um, yeah. and quick question: If he happens to pull more. If he happens to pull a stitch more in 950, does that at all change um, your game plan? Or are you telling yourself, my, my goal isn't just to out-pull Belkin. My goal is 950. It's 950. That's what I want. I'll shake his hand, but congratulations. Or are you saying, you know what? I kind of like our deadlift battles. I can pull 950 at a regional meet and hit my number. Um, I don't get to pull against Belkin and have this battle every time. I mean, this is that's what sports are, rivalries. So are you in the moment being like, you know what, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the sports rivalry and I'm gonna go for it, or are you like, I'm sticking with 950. That's my goal. I think I'll just hit whatever's there that day, honestly, because um, I, I don't think either one of us cares who who pulls more. I know I don't care. I don't think he does either. We we've talked about this before, and I don't think it's not like the most important thing to either one of us. So, um, All right, here's the thing. I mean, not, here's I'd the, like to do more still. But. Here's the thing, my man. He told you that. Doesn't mean he knows. He'll he'll let you go first, Mick. Yeah, we're not really competing against each other. What do you put on? Chip it. That's right. Until he's saying in Russian, chip that fucking guy's chip that guy's dead. (laughs) Right? But uh, yeah. Yeah, because he'll he'll do stuff he'll do stuff to try to get in your head, like open with like two and a half kilos more than you or something like that. You know what I mean? Whenever you're warming up, he'll just warm up with like five more kilos each time. You know, you you'll pull he picks up, pulls it for his warm up, you know. Yeah. But that doesn't really bother me. So but I've noticed he does stuff like that. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So he's paying attention. Yeah. Um, listen, yeah. we, we've had you for close to an hour, but uh, before we let you go, I want to get, uh, I think you kind of gave your picks for the men's. Uh, you're thinking Belkin, Petkov, and then for a third, you're kind of undecided because we've got some young guns. Um, what yeah. are you thinking if I get your picks for uh, the women's? What are you thinking there? Oh, man. See, that's where this gets uh, real interesting because of CC and Stacy dropping out. Those are like the big two. So yeah. uh, I think Mariana will be number one and um, Steffi Cohen will be number two. 
And, for, and then number three, I don't even know. So You know what? So here's the thing. I think it's 100% between Steffi and Mariana, and I think that's going to be yeah. a hell of a battle. Um, yeah. I'm told Chloe Van Wick is uh, is right up in there to anticipate third for her. But um, like I'm, I'm just like you. If Cece was in there, I mean, Cece could pass Hard her last be. dead. Yeah, she could pass yeah. her last dead and still take it last year. If she went yeah. all in... But and Stacy obviously uh, like a beast on any given day, but Stacy's gone. But Mariana, I mean, uh, I think you know she's her and Steffi are going to be in about. I can't pick between them right now. Yeah, and they're they're both pretty consistent too. So it's going to be like they both always have good meets from what I can tell. Both been putting out crazy numbers right now too. Smashing it, hitting PRs. They're both the best they've ever been. so I think, you know, I think Mariana 1, uh, Steffi 2, in, and Chloe 3 is a pretty solid pick. Um, but I could flip-flop on that one. I was going to say, just to be different, I'm going to go with Steffi 1. Mariana I mean, I, well, I mean Steffi, oh, okay. Steffi, out, <laughs> Steffi out Wilkes for last year. Yep. You know, not by, you know, yep. Steffi, Steffi beat her last year, so it's totally easy to say that. And so those are my official ones because we, we have an official preview show. I want to dive into it, but I could see Mariana, but we'll see. We'll see, my man. Um, listen, before we let we before we let you go, um, just for anyone listening, a how can anybody uh, reach you if they want to follow you in your journey on this? And then um, b you have anyone to thank? And uh, also, if you're doing coaching, how can people reach you? Let's see. So as far as coaching goes, I am full at the moment. So, okay. um, but I do have like a waiting list, so people can reach out to me on Instagram. And um, as far as like getting a hold of me. Um, just do so on Instagram at Dr. Deadlift, Dr. Period Deadlift. And then in my, in my, um, profile, I have a link to my email so you can use that too. And then of course I want to thank my sponsors, the Kilo Cartel, uh, Mark Bill Slingshot and uh, JB Boss and then Rise Performance Supplements. So beautiful. Listen, man, stay healthy, my friend. Yep. So we need you. Okay. We need you now more than ever for, for, for this competition. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you're still in it because we're going to have a hell of a show uh, thank you for coming on my friend and love to have you back after the US Open awesome yeah thank you very much for having me sounds good thanks buddy talk to you later alright All right. bye he has some good stories he has some good stories man yeah. I like his uh, you know it's um, when we first talked him a couple years ago yeah like he hadn't been to Russia yet he hadn't been to China yet he hadn't broken some of these other records it's kind of fun Having a guy on, he's clearly he's already established, um, but, you know, seeing someone... But it's true, yeah. When we first talked to him, he was one of those... He was a known commodity, but one of the lesser known commodities at the time. And seeing him blossom is... Like, it's fun. Yeah. Seeing a guy, watching him go across the world, start breaking world records in different weight classes, and in the battles he's had now. Some of those battles are iconic. Him and Yuri in the deadlift battle, and hopefully we have another deadlift battle here. So, it's good... You know, having someone on, watching them, bringing them back and catching up and stuff, like, it kind of gets you a little nostalgic and saying, shit, man, we've been around for a hot minute ourselves, too. Yeah. You know, when you get to have someone from a hot prospect that everyone's hot on to now a, a veteran. And we're talking to him like, yeah, he's been around the block. He's literally been around the world now. Yeah, and as I said, like, that's the interesting thing about the way the roster is shaking up this year. Because mm-hmm. we can be disappointed that a lot of the big names aren't there, but you know somebody's going to pull out some un unseen performance and we're just going to be talking about them afterwards my friend cc we knew about cc i actually last year picked cc to take the u.s open and a lot of though the mainstream powerlifting followers didn't know cc 
And I had been reposting her and telling people in the preview show, you better watch out. You will know her. Boom goes to Dynamite at the US Open, wins, not even having to take her last dead, and now she's a huge star. Looking at this, yes, we have some of the roster gone, some of the biggest names. Trust me when I tell you, man, I'm looking at some of these guys. Who knows which one of these girls and these gentlemen are going to step up to the plate and make this their big yeah. coming out party, you know? So I'm interested, and even with Stacey and Cece gone, man, Steffi and Mariana. You know, honestly, I could, I could easily swing and say Steffi takes this. Uh, everybody knows I'm a known Steffi Cohen dick rider. So, I mean, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a battle. It's going to be a back and forth yeah. battle. In the, in the men's, yeah, man, Petkoff, everyone's going to say Belkin. I get it. Petkoff is a beast. Absolute beast. Moves up to 181. He could probably still cut some water weight just to help his Wilkes. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. it's going to be interesting. Yeah, but anyways... Until next time, by all means, please share this. Um, let all your friends know. Give us high ratings. We're available on all the platforms. Um, I mean, obviously, guys like Kaylor, they deserve the exposure. And um, and if look, if you're going to watch U.S. Open, you're going to want to listen to these next few podcasts. And so are your friends. So let them know about this content. And from Six Pack Lapidat. And Paul Moranzan underscore lifts. Peace.